Hello and welcome back to BS2 Talk, not just because of the postcode, but because there's two of us and you might think we're talking bullshit. You might be quite confused, uh, sadly DOS was unavailable today, so it's just me and James manning the ship yes. that is the Talk podcast. I am the one constant this season, you two have you both taken, taken absences, <laughs> I am the we- constant, I am the stalwart. We've been hit with uh, injuries in in our yeah. <laughs> undesired positions. Yeah, we were just talking about <laughs> Liverpool. It's, it's a very topical topical thing right now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we if we're talking about Fulham as well, having beaten Liverpool, mm-hmm. let's let's reminisce, James. One year ago <sighs> at Ashton Gate, the last time any of us were all well, except for Dos actually, funny yeah. enough, isn't in the conversation today. <laughs> this last time any of us were in a stadium as fans um i guess i just asked how much do you miss it and seeing those videos is it mm. is it brought all those memories back i've had it in my mind since probably the turn of the new year i was waiting I was gonna say, right? for march the 7th go on i'm pretty sure you had it in your mind like the weekend after we, <laughs> when yeah. we were put into lockdown you were immediately like oh, i wish it was at the game yeah <laughs> I've, I've just constantly been waiting for march the 7th to come around because i just knew that was the the one year anniversary i remember me and dos um bought blackburn tickets for the next weekend thinking that we'd be able to to go it was going to be one last hurrah Am I the right day before that? It was cancelled. Yeah. Am I right in saying it was Forest Away as well? Not long after that too. I think it yeah, was, that was the plan. birthday, so around you, yeah, the 20th, right? You two were not going to go because you had a party or something and there was conversation about that. Fucking hell, I miss discussing a potential away days. Literally yeah. been doing it all day because all I've done is just been watching those videos of a year ago today. It was a very good one, actually. Yeah. Not anything to do with... You know, the fact it was the last one, taking that out of it, I quite enjoyed that day regardless because I'd been yeah. quite ill. I had to go home from uni, so I hadn't seen you lot in a while. Mm-hmm. We went, I got slapped day. in the face by your mate Lewis Warren when um, yeah. Naki scored. And I at the time, I'd... we thought we were going up because it was a I crucial thought, goal. Um, I thought I punched you as well, but I can't remember if I did Probably. Or not. I just remember Probably. being like slapped in the face by Woz's <laughs> like outstretched hand. Um, Such a good day, man. Yeah, we thought we had the best striker in the league. You know, yeah. we thought we were going up. God, just um, yeah, it's 125th anniversary, wasn't it? So there was already yeah. that extra extra element to the game and and the the disgusting kit that was on display and yeah. and the um <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> the the what is it? This not the um not flags. What's the word? Not banners either. The big what? tifo things. Oh that went yeah, over yeah. Us. That was and that, if you remember. Yeah. The first, I think, seven or eight minutes of the game, we weren't able to watch yeah. because in, in the East End, it was just flag. being held. Yeah, it was just being held. I think it was, there were two, weren't there? There was one of Scott, one of Scott Murray. I think there was yeah. another one. But, there was one of the Ashton oh. Gate eight, I think. But I can't remember yeah. it entirely. But I just remember it was being held in place, like fully taut as well. So it wasn't mm. like slacking in any place. It was just, it was a very funny day. Like mm. there was just so just so much like uncertainty i remember at the time though like as we were yeah, getting into players Rona. didn't shake hands yeah that was weird. Oh, yeah that did a lot yeah when and then you look at literally i'm looking at the picture of it now and there's so many yeah. people and, like, you can't imagine it now can you people yeah it actually feels you know like you get a bit like Ugh. yeah we're all that it puts close. you off a little bit yeah but, no i think um just just miss it just been fantasizing yeah. about away days, 
you know, we'll, we'll be back soon. Let's yeah. hope. But um, but <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not devastated that I'm not there at the moment. And on that day as well, a little bit of an insight. Um, if anyone listening knows Copper Ninety, they were filming a oh, yeah. documentary actually, and they were covering all the different championship clubs. I believe they have an episode on Nottingham Forest. If you do want to check out, it's really cool. Like the stuff they're mm. doing, it's it's you know, it's brilliant. So I would recommend checking it out. But they were actually going to do an episode on Bristol City surrounding the 125th anniversary. So. You could, I think, if you that remember, James, we were trying thing. to pick out, we were trying to pick out which of the photographers. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah. We were trying to like just dissect like the bib colours and all that and figure mm-hmm. out who it was. And then you just, when Naki scored and the flare gets let off and, and everyone's on, on the seats, everyone's falling over. I think that is one thing, like, I, you almost, I feel like that game will stick with a lot of people because of what's come after it now. Mm. Like at the time, maybe it would have been just another game. Uh, but, I think it's become a lot more poignant, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think there were so many aspects because it was like a big celebration anyway. Um, as much as a kit was grim, I think the rest of the day was... Oh, actually, and they handled the legends awfully, didn't they? They just paraded yeah. them for five seconds and then let them down the tunnel or something. Yeah. But, and the, and they, oh, wasn't there some that weren't interviewed as well? And yeah, it was, it was pretty shite. Um, yeah. but, but all in all, it was football, wasn't it? It didn't yeah. matter. No. I'd, I'd take I'd take 45 minutes of the Dunder Challenge at this rate. I wouldn't, like... Oh, I wouldn't be too... F- I'd s- well, we can't have it anymore, can we? Bloody mansion no. bet challenge. I wonder what Manch- they had... What would they have had planned? Would it have been a big M with, like, two holes in it? I don't know how you do it. Oh, maybe, like, a holes in the mansion bottom and then bet. the top of the M. So, like, this. Or three. they go mansion bet and then you've got two holes in the B, haven't you? I feel yeah. like that's the, the, probably the easy, easy or maybe, opportunity. Or maybe mansion bet thought they'd come up with something, you know, original. Not that it would be want, better than the Thunder Challenge. I but. want um, a hole in the wall version, but it's just the words yeah. mansion bet just going from like one end yeah. of the pitch to the other. And then you have oh. to get all the fans on the pitch. I miss <laughs> um, walking up the the stairs to your seat and just hearing Downsy through the PA system going, are you sure? To are a 10 year old sure? City fan who's got higher or lower wrong, you know, yeah. in a totally I, unrigged game. I refuse to believe that any of them have ever lost higher or lower. No, they haven't. I don't think anyone ever has. They're just really skillful. <laughs> it's physically impossible to yeah. lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if people want to share like their favourite moments from the day, I think that would be really cool if we could see mm. sort of your pictures, your videos. I'm sure, I th- I'm pretty sure the club tweeted out something about it similarly. Mm. But if you want to just send it to us, you can, you know, we're always here. <laughs> Why not? And not like we've got video. anything to do. Yeah, your video uh, of Naki Wells' channel is just beautiful. Oh, I, I love it. Mm, it's just... So wholesome. When do you think we'll see full stadiums like that again? Because there's been a lot of discussion about it being soon, but I'm still sceptical because there will be sort of limits on attendance and stuff. I think start of next season. I think, yeah, I think September. we will reasonable. almost definitely have a sort of maybe 75% capacity Um by the start of next season, hopefully. See, as much as I'm looking forward to a home games, I know that they'll be quite easy to get to and quite easy to, you know, get tickets for and whatever. It's away days that I'm, like, itching to get back to because they're the ones yeah. that, like, make it, you know. They're, they're the yeah. they're the be-all and end-all, I think, of following your club. So yeah. as much as I can't wait to get back to the gate and stuff, um, yeah. 
it, yeah, it's the away games I'm itching to itching to get to. I think that plays quite nicely into our first question uh, from mm-hmm. Eddie Waddle, who said, "What has been your favourite away day in recent years?" Oh, now, easy. Truth be, I was gonna say, truth be told, guys, I've only got one to pick from. Yes, yeah. so. <laughs> came to a good I, one though. I did pick a good one. I think Stoke was Stoke was good fun. Yeah. I I reckon that's my um my step like milestone. I don't think I've ever mm. done that many steps in one day. That was nineteen twenty for the listeners as well, because we obviously beat yeah. them on New Year's Day the season before as well. But it was the one where was it Fam scored and then Elias Masengo hype goal. was at its peak. Yeah, you had the Masengo wig weirdos oh. in the crowd. <laughs> you had, weirdos. Uh, yeah, no, Stoke was brilliant, but hands down for me, Sheffield United. Um, yeah, it was the day that you know our average Austrian turned into Messi. Um, I still can't get over the fact that Andy Ryman scored a hat-trick. Um, yeah. I think, you know, we literally laughed all the way back because out of everyone in that team to score a hat-trick, I know he's a forward, but I just would not have picked Andreas Ryman. And the atmosphere was incredible. It was me and Jack, you know, wading mm-hmm. through the streets of Sheffield with, you know, absolutely nothing going through our veins or blood. <laughs> you know, no I, alcohol at all i remember you sending me a lot of pictures where you were i think on the walk back and it was this big hill oh, and you could see over a lot yeah. of sheffield and you were like this is just well, we just had like an hour to wait for our train so we just went and did like a, a lovely little stroll went went found yeah. like a viewing point and it was just really really goals guys yeah it was no but the, the <laughs> game was just oh apart from the gopro moment yeah apart from that I it mean, was great no, I think that, that makes it better for me. <laughs> um, maybe to spin Eddie's question, is that an away day in recent years that you wish you were on that you didn't go to? I thought you were going to say that you wish you didn't go to because that would have been Shrewsbury. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> obvious though, isn't it? <laughs> that I didn't go to, I wish I did. I don't know, because we've been to some absolute peaches in the last few years. Went to Cardiff um, with Brownhill Screamer. Went to Fulham in 1920. Um... Oh, away days I wish I'd been on. Don't know. You I think maybe even think back a season. I was going to think 18, back to 19. I think it was seventeen eighteen when we beat oh. Hull three two. We were two 0 down, and then we came back. That would have been good. I think the ones that you go far for as well are like they're more rewarding. Yeah, the more rewarding <laughs> yeah. ones. Um, I think that Hull one looks good, but no, there are there are so many. Wish I'd been at um. No, I'll go whole. Yeah. Uh, Miles Hanny Davis has asked, what sauce was Nigel having on those bacon sarnies the morning he got the call? Uh, I think he's a ketchup man. I think a lot of people well, there are only probably two say brown correct sauce, answers. Right? There are only brown, two, right. Brown sauce? Brown or, or ketchup. Yeah. Um, Mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video online about that where someone was like, it was like an American trying to annoy Brits and putting mayonnaise on... Um, a bacon sandwich. And I just thought, that's not even going to annoy Brits because they just know that's a joke. Then they know you're not even being serious. So like, come on, get a grip. Um, But yeah, personally, I'd go ketchup, but I reckon, I reckon Nige is a brown sauce kind of guy. Nah, I don't think he's a brown sauce, man. I just don't. Why is no one asking that? It's woeful journalism. (laughs) In my opinion. (laughs) If they they ever let us into a press conference, so Nigel... First one back, it's like, right, Nigel, do you remember when six months ago you made a comment, a throwaway comment about bacon sarnie? Yeah. 
What was the source? <laughs> Although, I'd like to point out that um, absentee Jack Dawson doesn't have doesn't like butter. I find those people weird. Yeah, he doesn't like butter at all though on because, anything. Which yeah, I know. Which, like, mm. but like in a sandwich or in like a bacon I think, sarni, what? Why? What? Now this fully depends on the type of butter you have because I definitely think there are some butters that are overwhelming. Um, but I think if you're going with like a flora buttery, a vegan option actually for me vegan? works. Yeah, is flora buttery is vegan. I, I only realised this like in the last year. Yeah, but that's, but that's irrelevant had... as long as it tastes nice and yeah, you know. it tastes like butter. Like it's fine. It does I'm a just job. saying like I, maybe that's less less you know in your face. Mm. He, I reckon he's the sort of man that gets like the stalk out and just. And that was when he like has yeah, flashbacks. No. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah, there was there was a butter related incident. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad for people that you know have had bad experiences with food and then they just get ruined for the rest of their life. Yeah. Because, I mean, another another example of, of my friend Jack is uh, scrambled eggs because he worked at yeah. a place where he just scraped tons of scrambled eggs out of somewhere. Now, if you don't like scrambled eggs, I think you're a bit weird. But I can understand where he's coming from. Not much just of scrambled eggs. Scraped. Egg, that's a bit weird. They're all right. I'm not. They're not a go-to by any means. What was the original question? Why are we on scrambled eggs? Oh, no, um, brown sauce. sauce. <laughs> I'm going ketchup. But I would go with ketchup. Uh, so if we're speaking about scrambled eggs, and Ken Collins's question is very relevant because he mm. asked, "What came first, the chicken or the egg?" Now, <laughs> this is always a question that comes up. Easy. And I kind of flip flop between, so I'll let you go first. Easy. James, it's just it was. But one million percent the egg, because obviously something went wrong between two mummy and daddy animals. You know they had a child, and, and they called it James, and everyone was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> they, you know, they created this thing, and then out popped an egg, and then when that egg hatched, it was a chicken. Maybe they had twins. Maybe there was a bit of dodgy relations going on, and then the chicken population grew. But it has to be the egg. There is physically no way it can be the chicken. No, because the chicken can't just the egg has evolve the chicken has itself. to come from the egg. So yeah. the egg is obviously just the the first ever chickens were obviously just deformed versions of other animals. Yeah, in my and then opinion, they, and they then created eggs that yeah. you know yeah. did the did did that yeah. made a chicken. You're like, all right, reproduction. This, this is how it goes. That, that's all the questions for this week. <laughs> nothing city? No, just... <laughs> nothing. Well, we have away enough. days, I guess, but nothing on QPR. Um, oh, actually, we have, just, we have just had one, as I've said that. Oh, uh, Sam Haskins has asked, QPR was weird, started well, I thought, but then mm. conceded and fell apart. Lost all of our start midfield within half an hour, mm. too, which sums up our season. That's basically James. just your notes for the pod, right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would agree. I thoroughly enjoyed the first 10, 15 minutes of... QPR, you know, because this is Bristol City podcast, not an egg podcast. Um, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed as much as I've tried to push it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to take over. Um, yeah, we we were really good for the first 10-15 minutes. Um, we were just in complete control. Um, and then I think um, our fan say says this, but they kind of did what did to us what we do to a lot of teams. You know, we go somewhere where we normally get our wins by just finding a goal out of nothing against someone at play, which is exactly what QPR did. Um, Questionable closing down of the cross for Chair's goal, first goal. But, you know, it was a decent goal. It was a very good cross. And it just came out of nothing. And we thought, that's all right, we'll bounce back. 
Um, then I think after that goal is when Naj goes down with a... <laughs> I don't know whether you've seen it, Owen, but he gets absolutely smacked in the face by Stephen Sessignon, um clearance. Fantastic. Goes down, dazed. He carries on, which looks questionable. I think even the commentators are like, don't look right. Um, then they yeah. get another absolutely horrific goal. Kind of reminded me of the Michael Morrison goal for Reading against us. So then we take Backinson off tactically because... You know, obviously it wasn't working. Pearson makes a change. Then we decide to take Naj off because he's quite clearly in a spot of bother. Yes. And then <laughs> I think it was either just before Naj goes off or just after Naj goes off. Viner gets absolutely... It was after. Absolutely smacked in the skull. Um, <laughs> and goes off as well. And then we've lost all our midfield, as, as Sam said. Lost our whole midfield. And I think from there, oh, we were struggling. Bearing in mind, we brought on Semenyo, who was an attacker because we switched up the system. Then we brought on Lansbury, who we'll get onto in a bit. He wasn't actually that bad, but still not great. And then we brought on Pearson, Sam Pearson, obviously, not Nigel. Um, which is great. <laughs> it's great to see him make his debut. I wouldn't have been su surprised to see Nigel come on. Oh my God, that's Nigel's music. Quite incredible. Um, I would have loved that. But, you know, I thought it was quite funny that we actually couldn't make any more substitutions because we'd made our, we'd had our three in-game opportunities. So, but no, the first half was absolute carnage. It's like eight minutes of added on time, which is the second time that's happened for us in the first half this year. I think the same happened against Cardiff. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just interesting. Kept, it just kept going. It's just yeah. yeah, we probably should have scored as well. Well, we're getting to the your say for this week, and it's Luke from One Tweet in Bristol. Hi there, Luke here from One Tweet in Bristol Twitter account. Follow us at O Tweet IB. Just doing the fan review for yesterday's match against QPR. Um, so again. We've had another lacklustre, sad performance and another loss at home this season. I think we're all starting to become accustomed to it. Um, so it's not really a surprise. I do think we were actually thinking as a set of fans from sort of the reactions I was getting on Twitter and that, that we thought we were going to get a result out there yesterday. And, and I did as well, to be honest. I've come to think that Pearson's sides are gritty and he wants us to make the home ground a fortress, which it hasn't been at all. Um, and I think, I thought really we would at least sort of go for it and really make them sort of crumble under good pressure. And if I'm honest, first 10, 15 minutes, I thought that's how we were going. It was weird performance because normally this season we tend to start slow and sucker punch other teams. Yesterday it was the exact opposite. We started quick, we were positive, quick passing, making them make mistakes high at the pitch. Really good to watch. And then suddenly out of nowhere... Sess doesn't close down a cross on the right wing. They put a decent ball in, great header. We're 1-0 down. Absolute sucker punch. That combined with the two uh, bad injuries to Zach Viner and Adam Nadge and the necessity change for Tyreek Baconson, however you want to see that one, um, it really hurt us. It, it upset our rhythm completely. And before you knew it, we were 2-0 down. Another cross, another silly goal. Um, it wasn't good to watch. I don't think after that we really got into the game too much more. We pressed a little bit more the last 20 minutes, but maybe Naki Well should have scored that one. In fact, he definitely should have scored that one. But again, I don't think we deserved anything out of the performance. 
QPR done a job on us. Um, and a shout out to their boy chair, the attacker. He was class yesterday. I thought he was mustard and he had some of our players in, in absolute strings. They, they couldn't live with him at times, so fair play to him. Uh, but going back to our performance, if I had to put a finger on anything that really hurt us, I'd say our fullback play yesterday was nowhere near good enough. And if you need to see how good fullback play does affect a match, you just have to look at the other side. QPR's fullback play. They defended well. They attacked well. Very effective, very efficient. You looked at ours. We didn't defend well as, a, as a fullbacks. We weren't closing down crosses. We weren't getting the tackles in. And even when we went forward, they weren't putting any decent crosses in. They weren't really putting themselves into the game in that sense. I mean, Cess had a couple of good runs at their fullback, but... I don't really remember it coming to much. I think one really good run. Jack Hunt's attacking was woeful as normal. But to be honest with you, we've sort of come to live with that. We sort of know that they ain't going to really do much for us in that sense. Left-back's obviously been a problem position with injuries and that. And Cess has only just come back. So you've got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. As for right-back with Jack Hunt, I think we've all sort of, we know what he's about now. We know we're not going to get much from him in that sense. It's it's quite... I, I don't want to put it in the wrong way, but I think there's a lot of players we won't be seeing here at the gate next season. Um, and I think that's a good thing, to be honest. I think it needs a total revamp, a total refresh. Pearson needs to get his players in. He needs to put a stamp on it. Um, I think there's a handful of players, if that, that we'll see. That started in that starting eleven yesterday. That will be there in August when we're all at the gate, hopefully. Um, and then, again, like I said, uh, I'm happy to see that. I want to see Pearson's revolution. I want to see us going forward being a lot more fruitful than we were yesterday. Again, disappointing performance. Let's uh, let's get to next season and do something proper. Thanks. Cheers. Well, thanks, that Luke. We'll get into your discussion on on fullbacks in a second. But James, I hear that there's been a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Derek. Um... Sorry, just currently watching Manchester United. There's a goal United. for Sunderland. It's been scored by... <laughs> Bruno Fernandes is taking a penalty. Up he steps against Edison. Oh, Edison got a glove, but it's in. That's yes. good for the FPL teams. FPL I saw you, points. We, we tweeted from BS3, obviously. Um, I did, yes. Yeah, you did. Um, Loved it. About the Love me some FPL. BS3 Talk FPL League currently yeah. being led, is it still, by Reese? Reese boy. Reese is, is, is in front. For um, those that don't know, Reese Tottle is a, is a good friend of mine mm-hmm. from uh, back in the old school days. Still is is my friend. It makes it sound like he's died <laughs> or something. Um, no, but I he, I know he's been he's been fighting hard against. Uh, let me just get up the name. He's very think, professional. Is it Guy? Me. Guy Met Guy. Well, Reese has been calling him Guy Metalcalf because he because he keeps saying his name wrong. <laughs> but, but it's Metcalf, I think. Um, so they've been kind of duking it out at the top of the fantasy league. Yeah. I can see that he's also got Bruno Fernandez, which which does throw in some complications. So, yeah. Fernandez has just bagged. Um, he has bagged for your FPL teams. I hope you're doing well in that league because I'm not. I am in the Where bottom in half the... of my own FPL league, which is. Well, do you know? Embarrassing. Do you know you are? Um, I was like forty third. Oh my god! Is it going to be another? No, it's not. Wait. Um. No. Let's actually get back on bloody topic. Should we talk right? Should we talk about the fullbacks I, then? Yeah, I think um, Luke mentioned about fullbacks. He said he was sort of not necessarily very pleased, and I would probably agree. I think I thought Sess had quite a good game, to be honest. Especially going forward, 
you created by far our best chance of the game, if I remember correctly, um, with that nice little mazy run, cut it back. But then it was the other fullback, Hunt, who missed a very decent opportunity. Um, but defensively, yeah, we were completely exposed. They were just, you know, the goal came from not crossing down, probably on Cess. Um And it was once again just another example of the liabilities that have been our fullbacks because we can't get any consistency on the left-hand side. Um, and the consistency we have on the right-hand side is pretty shite. Um, I don't think Hunt's having a great season. I'm sure he'd admit that himself. Um, can't help that he has to play pretty much every game. Um, but there's just absolutely no inspiration. There's no... There's no, you know, magic. There's no... It's not even a solid performance half the time from any of the fullbacks. I do think Steven Sessionon is decent. But I can't, can't imagine he'd stay on next season. Can't yeah. imagine we get him on a permanent. Um, Surely it's a position they'll look to strengthen in the summer, though. Yeah, I think at the yeah. moment it probably is the weakest area of the squad. I think Championship as well is known for you know some really decent fullbacks. I know Norwich have obviously Max, not Max Aaron's. I don't know if you saw it's actually pronounced Aaron's. Is um, it? Yeah, he's waited three years at Norwich to tell everyone that, but <laughs> they've got Max Aaron's, and they're I think he's Greek left back. Um, you've got Brentford with obviously Rico Henry as a top class championship, probably now Premier League standard fullback. Dabo, Doss's mate. <sighs> Doss loves the Dabo. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got some real quality fullbacks in the league, and the way that, you know, fullbacks have in the last few years become one of the most important positions on the pitch, um, we've just not kept up with that. You know, I think De Silva is obviously class, but. He's just been absolutely hindered by injuries. Um, again, there's not much you can do about that. Um, but when Tommy Rowe is your backup, you're already worrying. And then when he gets injured, we're absolutely screwed. And as for the right back, um, I don't think we've really had a good right back since Mark Little in fourteen fifteen. That's been a problem area for years. So mm-hmm. it just feels like you know, we're never going to really solve that problem. Um, hoping Pearson can maybe attract some some names and some signings this summer if we keep him on. Bloody hope we do. Um, I just think <laughs> it's a serious issue right now with the number of injuries and then with also just the sheer lack of quality in those fullback positions. Yeah, and I do feel this is a is a loss that, that pretty much, and I think a lot of people would have already felt this, but it does write off pretty much City season for... Mm-hmm. They now find themselves too too off the playoffs, like well, not too far off the playoffs. Sorry, not too off the playoffs. That'd be lovely. Um, too far off the playoffs, but but ten points clear of relegation, and I just don't see that happening with Nigel Pearson now. Oh. It is this the season is is going to peter out, isn't it? To a mid table finish, more than likely. Yeah. So you you then start looking towards next season, and you think, yeah. what can happen there? I think everyone I thought got a little bit carried away after our two wins against Borough and Swansea. I know Jack specifically was, um, you know, thinking, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with looking higher up the table. It's and being an optimist. Not. Yeah, being there's nothing optimist, wrong with being an optimist, but I did just have my doubts. You've got to remember, this is the same group that put us in this slightly shit position. Um, as much as Pearson will do, 
Um, I don't think he can completely turn it around like that. And I also saw an interesting comment from what I believe was a Leicester fan, but it might have been a Watford fan, saying Pearson will no doubt get you in a good position, um, but it's likely to get worse before it gets better, which I found interesting because I think we're in a position where it kind of can get worse without serious consequences now. I don't. We're not going down now. Um, 13 points off. Often, yeah, we're absolutely fine. I think we'll get another couple of wins here or there. Um, they do have three games in hand, mind. Yeah, I just think so. It's, you could look at ten points off Birmingham, which is you know twenty first. So it's not. Off, but it's not. It's, it's awful. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I I don't think it ends in disaster. Anymore. No, we're absolutely. Whereas I felt fine. that if they kept Holden in charge, that very much could have happened. I don't think. Um, I don't think that we'd be as sure and as safe. Mm if um, Holden was still in charge. No, I'd agree. I think, hopefully, assuming we keep Nigel Pearson on, um, it's a case of players auditioning, basically. And I think there are a lot of players that aren't fit to wear the shirt. I think there are... I think we have quite a weird balance where we've got players that want to wear the shirt who aren't necessarily good enough. And then I think you've got, on the flip side, some good players who aren't bothered about wearing a shirt. Um, I think specifically, look at Taylor Moore. Obviously, everyone goes on about it, but lovely guy, clearly likes a club, but just doesn't quite have enough. I think the same with Jack Hunt as well. I think Jack Hunt is one that does care, and he does... Like you know, he he plays for he plays for Bristol City and he's proud of it, but I just don't think he's got it. Um, and then you look at some names. I won't say who who were probably better players, but just couldn't give a toss. Which you know, it's fair enough. But if you're not going to give a toss, then I think Pearson's going to find you out, and you'll yeah. be gone before the start of next season. I think we could see a very different you know, sort of match day squad going into the start of next season. Yeah. I'm not necessarily listing this as an excuse, but more as a reason. Mm. With empty stadiums all season, do you think some players have been struggling for that extra bit of motivation on match days and maybe that's why we're seeing it? Because there, Mm -hmm. before I don't think there was, sometimes there was a shout for they don't care, but not necessarily under, I remember under Lee Johnson, it wasn't really the case. You wouldn't say, you know, they don't care. You, mm. you knew that they would at least try. And I think maybe that's born out of, of empty stadiums, potentially. There's got to be an element of that. Because I I think the majority, there are obviously players who, you know, clearly aren't as in love with football as some others. But I think the majority of players just love playing football. Um, and you'd hope that, you know, they relish playing in front of the 20,000 or so that they do every week. I don't think Bristol City fans can be the best at sometimes, but I also think, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, you look at the atmosphere of that Fulham game, I remember it was brilliant. Um, and I think if you're a Naki Wells on that day, you know, scoring his second goal for the club, you look delighted when he scored it, and the atmosphere is electric, and everyone's, you know, on, on the edge of their seats. Um by the way, we talk about that as if we absolutely bad and we draw it one all. Like, it's <laughs> horrendous. But you know, like it's that's got to get to the players' heads. You know, um, I saw Chris mm-hmm. Martin was talking about it for Robin's TV 
saying, you know, how he's disappointed not to play in front of the fans. And I'm like, but are you, like, what? We've just got to take their word for it. And bearing in mind, yeah. this is not the most characterful squad we've ever had. Why should we take their word for it? Um, but there's there's nothing we can do. They're the players that go out and play every week. We're not in the ground. Um, we've had a managerial change, which is something. So, yeah, it's just, there's just a real lack of um, excitement sometimes, isn't there, when you're, when you're stuck at home and you're just desperate to get uh, get there and actually watch a game. Because even a yeah. even a stinker, even travelling to Ashton Gate for a stinker of a 90 minutes is better. And I think uh, after the last year, I think we'll definitely open our eyes a lot more so, you know, well, at least we're actually out of football now. So I'm just looking yeah. forward to that, to be honest. I think that's what's kind of on everyone's minds at the moment as we're, you know, a year off. Like from when we, you know, we started the pod with it, but when you're a year off of that that day, you, you think how long it's been and how like tough it must have been on some people. I know mm. I've I've been all right. I know others that have struggled. So I think that's the case as well. It's just football's such an escapism for so many people mm. that it's just such a shame that we haven't been able to have it for so long. And and like you said, like I personally. I, I made no secret of this. I, I follow Liverpool most more than I would Bristol City. And, and I'm not really here to like share opinions on Bristol City specifically. But no, I absolutely love going to the games at Ashton Gate. Mm. And I, I, I love the atmosphere. I love being there with my friends, watching football. And, and I think that's such an important thing for so many people that, you know, when you see the players on the pitch, even if it's on the telly, you still want them to... To sh- to almost play like play like you're there because mm. you are you're at home and you're watching it with your mates or, or whatever it's it's important that that I think the f- the while the fans aren't there in person I think that that's maybe the change with social media actually is that players know that they're being sort of watched in a way they know that yeah. you know their eyes are on them so I don't really know if I see it as an excuse in that same way if you know what I mean because mm. I think that that they could do a lot more. And I think that they probably know that. And I, I think under Nigel Pearson, uh, you probably will see a drastic change, I think, in attitude and, and potentially personnel in the summer, like we said mm. previously, with so many players out of contract. There could be a real sort of turnover mm. in, in the summer, but it almost feels like we're kind of just walking towards that at the moment. We're definitely not running or sprinting. Yeah. It's just walking there, isn't it? I think the second half of the QPR game kind of spoke volumes as well. Like, they were trying. We weren't awful. Um, if you're 2-0 up, you're having that second half, it, it's considered, you know, seeing out the game well. But, um, you know, we just didn't quite have enough. I think some tired legs out there who literally couldn't be subbed off. So I think the second half was kind of, kind of signified the end of this season. Um, as much as we'd love to have a playoff charge, I genuinely don't think it's particularly good for us because I think it's time to just focus on next season. I think there's still, judging Nine by various athletic articles, there could still be some board changes, which, you know, could could make a big impact. I'd personally like to see some kind of um, switch up when the summer comes. If we can appoint Nigel Pearson, he'll definitely want some of his, you know, staff in or, you know, and we've spoken a lot about recruitment teams. I'd absolutely love us to get someone in who actually knows what they're doing when it comes to recruitment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think just for now, just try and, you know, enjoy 
watching us whilst there's well, no yeah. consequences because I think sometimes you can get very lost in well this is a game like even obviously it'd be great to be up in the top six or whatever but the pressures of watching that and feeling like your whole weekend rides on the football <laughs> has kind of been taken away by the fact that we're mediocre which yeah I'm all right with for the rest of the season <laughs> when we're there it's frustrating but while we're here sat at home I'm not too fast. So as long as yeah. we're not in trouble and as long as we make an active, you know, bid to prepare for next season and, you know, make it, put some kind of challenge in next season, I'm happy. I think that's yeah. where our future, well, obviously where our future lies. Fucking hell, James. That's where <laughs> our um, hopes should lie. I think next season, yeah. the potential for big things. It's been quite a reflective pod from the pair of us, hasn't it? It's been a bit like um, reminiscent. Reminiscent on the past, Mm -hmm. but but projecting our thoughts towards the future. Mm -hmm. Thinking about what may happen. I bloody hope we're in stadiums come August, September time. I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy. Bored. Get me there. Exactly. Well, if you're bored, James, I think we should wrap up the pod here, shouldn't we? Right, so follow our socials at BS3Talk and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you very much.